0: Hey there, rugby fans. Once again, welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. A reminder for our fans and those listening at home, my name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside Rob the Hammer Hammer Hamishman and by his side, Scott the Big Guy Ferrara. This is the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. So, gentlemen, once again, it is time to talk about what's going on around the pitch. It has become quite a popular piece of what we do here on the Rugby Red because fans get to learn about something interesting that may might not have learned a little bit more about something that kind of flew under the radar. We're going to take the opportunity to share in a quick fire round what we think you should be paying attention to as a rugby fan of Major League Rugby, rugby in North America, and rugby in general. Start with Rob the Hammer, Hammer Schmidt. what do the people need to know
1: well uh, here in Chicago we're known for our beef and I got a beef okay it's with uh, uh it's with Paladin i mean we're we're the good news is people be out on the look for or out looking for your team to be releasing their new kit that is available we know Rooney has its kit available, their their jersey. Scott has one. I've seen a couple other people post they've got theirs in the mail. And some of the other teams like Utah, Seattle, uh, uh, L, um, for example, have the training jersey available, but all the rest of the, the the legit jerseys are coming soon. So be on the lookout for that stuff, but it is a source of frustration. Here we are in week three, and we can't get all of the shiny new kit that yeah. we should be have uh be, and, and, and you, you know, know this is also a
0: to. point that was brought up last season though too yes there are supply chain issues but as you say it's it's a simple rugby fans want to be able to have their teams gear by the start of the season and we're in week three and it still says coming soon when is soon right so i like it thanks for that one rob what did you have to be able to
2: share there scott let's get hot baby so we're going to talk about uh women uh as as officials um Kat Roche, friend of the show, friend of the big guy, uh, was the lead official for the World Cup qualifying match between Colombia and Kazakhstan. Uh, Colombia coming out on top. And we did see Kat um, in the middle of a couple of um, MLR matches uh, last Mm -hmm. season. We've Mm -hmm. seen her on the sidelines uh, as the AR this season. So I'm sure um, as the season comes to a close, we'll see her in the middle again. Um, And something we kind of of missed uh, about a month or two ago. Um, former New York coach Tiffany Faye is now the head coach at Life West for uh, the WPL team out there in uh, in California. Um, so just you know, former you know a former Rooney coach, a former MLL coach, doing big things in women's rugby, of course, and then an official doing big things to break barriers in North American rugby for women as officials. I think it's one of the important things is we don't talk about enough is a pipeline for officials, men's and yeah. women's, and uh, this is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I love the fact that you highlighted it because it is a success story. Um, and we hope to be able to see many more success stories like that. As rugby is an inclusive sport, we need to be able to make sure that we offer opportunities to everybody. And those pathways are more clearly defined for them to be able to reach those levels. So thanks for the hi- highlight there, Scotland. Uh, what I'm going to highlight over here in my Around the Pitch piece is that uh, MLR has announced that the very first player to reach 50 caps is going to be the utah warrior angus McLennan, and uh that'll be uh for those you don't know is the prop for, for utah warriors he has been in mlr since its inception and all with the utah warriors so since 2018 um so yeah so a great servant to rugby in north america and of course a former usa uh, rugby uh, uh, sorry eagle as well um yeah w- congratulations i mean being a Making history, being the first to reach 50 professional caps in MLR. Obviously, this season, we'll see a few more names come to that list, as I'm sure their own, uh, you know, each week we'll probably be seeing more, but at least you can crown yourself as the first to be able to make that Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Angus McLennan. Rob, what do you have to share?
1: So uh, I'd like to throw a shout out to the Golf Report for making sense of the collegiate rugby calendar. Uh, we know that it's the Wild West. We've got you know, the D1A, we got the N uh National Collegiate Rugby, a couple other, you know, Wild West conferences out there. But he put it all together. I posted it in the fan zone for those that haven't seen it. He put together a really nice calendar. It identifies the date, it identifies kind of the region, it identifies who's qualified to play. For example, the Big Ten Sevens, only the Big Ten teams that are involved in the Big Ten Conference can play in that. And then it identifies those that are national tournaments in which everybody is, a, is, is available to play in. Uh, the two I'd like to mention, May 14th and 15th, the NCCR Sevens in Kennesaw, Georgia. And then May 20th and 30th, just like last year, the May Madness Sevens in New Orleans. So check those out. Should be some great collegiate rugby.
0: Yeah. And you know what? It's, it's a probably well uh, needed that somebody needed to make sense of it all, because if it's confusing to people who are in rugby, what chance do you have uh, just trying to be a fan learning about it? So yeah, college rugby is such an important part of it and it needs to be highlighted. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm glad somebody took the time to be able yeah. to uh, highlight it in the right way. So kudos to the Goff Report, of course, a great servant to rugby as well. Scott, what did you have to be able to share?
2: Uh, and this is uh, courtesy of America's Rugby News. Fifteen newcomers uh, in round three of the MLR, uh, including guys like uh, Joe Basser from New York, uh, Brock Webster from Toronto, um, uh, Utah, uh, um, excuse me, uh, the 24th pick in the draft uh, for Utah, uh, and Connor Burns, uh, Calvin Gentry for Dallas, uh, Luke Rizzo for Dallas, you know, and a bunch of other guys there. So it was a big week to bring in guys uh, for their first MR cap, I'm very excited to see these new guys getting getting played.
0: I love that. I love that. As I'm speaking about somebody reaching their 50th, there are a whole bunch more coming in as the next generation that are earning their first cap in professional rugby in North America. And that's, of course, how we'll continue to be able to grow the sport generation after generation um, by introducing new young talent. So, so let's hand uh, 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 or draw attention to talking about new is the Dallas Jackals uh, hosted their very first home game. Of course, uh, the former home. Home to the Texas Rangers in Arlington. Um, now, this is important because what i love to be able to see, and I was talking to a, a couple of, uh, of people about this. Uh, shout out to two people in particular who gave me some inside info who were at the match. Uh, that is, of course, Eric Larson and then Rick Collins, who are of course great supporters of the uh, the Jackal Den. In fact, is the supporters' club that they help run and have, uh, have been great contributors to it. They were there. They told me that it was a great atmosphere. Obviously, there are some tweaks to be made to the production and, of course, the in-stadium experience. Definitely working a few kinks out of the system, but it was their first go around. But, wow, that stadium looked good. The grass and the turf and everything looked amazing. Uh, The viewing angles were great. And the atmosphere was awesome, from what I was told. So awesome that they actually boasted an attendance in excess of 3,100 fans. Now, to put this in context, guys, the mlr average attendance over the last 3 seasons was only around about 2500 so they actually were above the, uh, the 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 league average for attendance on their first home match so it does show some promising results and we wish them well as they continue to be able to attempt to fill those fans and provide a tremendous rugby experience that we hope continues to be able to draw new people to the game. We love so much. Gentlemen, thank you for your input. That is of course, as we now know it around the pitch with a rugby rant, and we will be back in just a few moments after we hear a few words from one of our sponsors.
1: Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, as it is just steps away from the Metra. Owner Brewster and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark bale age brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try.
0: And welcome back, rugby fans. Of course, this is time to be able to do what we do best. It's Rant. And here on the Rugby Rant, you know our familiar format. It's, of course, become very popular because we get straight to the point, gentlemen, and that's what fans enjoy about the Rugby Rant here. But how does it work if you're not yet familiar Let me tell you that these gentlemen, after a quick introduction, will have the chance to be able to tell us what they think is important about the power rankings as it stands at the end of week three of MLR 2022. And before we dive into it, I wanted to be able to reintroduce our players here. Of course, you know, Rob Hammerschmidt, Scott Ferrara, but more importantly, we have someone new to the show. That's right. Fresh blood. We welcome Matthew Wags Wagner all the way from the Chicago Lions. Um, Sevens rugby, 15s rugby. Rugby is his life. Wags, welcome to
3: the show. Thank you so much, Ty. It's great to be here with uh, you and Scott and the Hammer. Big fan of the show. Very stoked to be on. Very happy to be here.
0: Well, it's awesome to be able to have you here with us. Absolutely. And I'm sure you're going to give these boys a run for their money uh, as we are talking about Major League Rugby who do you gentlemen feel is the top three ranked teams, regardless of where they stand today at the end of week three, the more important question that we're asking here is where will they be come the end of the season? And if you are a betting man or woman, who would be your top three picks? The ones that stand out of the crowd from each conference, the West and the East. And as per normal, Each of these gentlemen have an opportunity to be able to speak about this, their rant in this rugby debate where we put ourselves and our guests to the test. And we'll find a winner crowned as top ranter come the end of this episode, episode 83. So without further ado, one more reminder, Wags, you're going to be rounding or starting us off, should I say. And you get your minutes to be able to speak about who you believe is the best three to look out for in the East and the West. The time is yours now.
3: All right. Thanks, Ty. So I'll start with the East. And I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that Atlanta has jumped out to a pretty dominant start to the season after making it all the way to the final last year. Uh, We were just kind of remarking before we got rolling about how physical that team is and how they play, which uh, I think we're all pretty big fans of when we're watching rugby. So um, definitely uh, there's a reason they're sitting on top of the table in the East right now. And I think we will probably all not be surprised to see them in the mix uh, come semifinal time. So they are my Pick from the East, my sole pick from the East to look out for when we get to the late late stages of the season in terms of top three teams in the league. Flipping over to the West side, I mean the Western Conference, it's it's like truly the Wild West. I feel like right now, uh, Austin has made this transformation. You know, on the backs of the, uh, maybe it was the inside the scrum series, maybe it's all the personnel changes they made, but they're playing fantastic rugby. First team to score 100 points, the quickest. Um, And I feel like with the way that they're rolling um, and and just the personnel that they've got starting coming off the bench, um, I I think that they're poised to make a title run. But my favorite, my pick, my dark horse, who I don't know if anybody's looking at as seriously as they should be looking at them right now, are the Houston Sabercats. I think they're uh, a narrow loss to Rooney in a hard-fought game away from being undefeated. And they have showed some real great, especially uh, here in week three, to uh, pull that win out when they played at Dallas and they were down so late in the game, led, of course, by two late-game tries from Chicago Lions and Jake Dalgo.
0: <laughs> I like that Lions plug there at the end. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, some really great points. So Youthville. Feel- like rugby ATL obviously has stormed right to the front of their conference, but they're kind of picking up where they left off from last season. A lot of the similarities is there in their gameplay, their style the physicality, uh, and they're moving the ball just as well as they might have, despite for those of you that have been following this, you know, and following us, there's been a lot of changes in the rugby ATL makeup of who they are as an organization, as well as what's out there in the field, but yet they're still producing some great results. So I like that you highlighted that there Wags. Um, you know, AGs obviously, AGs definitely <laughs> out there in the front. Um, you know, recently had Sam Harris on the show. So, shout out to Sam Harris. I do actually have some AGs gear, <laughs> despite what I wear at war when he was on. And, and um, we know Sam
1: watches the show. Note to Sam, I don't have any AGs gear.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something you could do about that. We've said it Sam, numerous times our loyalty can be bought here on the Rugby 100%. Rant. 100%. <laughs> So, Wags, coming back around to your, to your other point, though, there, the Houston Sabercats, um, you know, I, I obviously love it. I got to, I mean, I'm South African. I feel like if I didn't, I'd be less of <laughs> a South African because of that influence, right? Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think myself and the team also said that with the changes they've made, not only is the expectation always been high for them. In previous seasons but now it's they got to be able to meet the expectations and exceed with the amount of investment that they've made players personnel and everything else in between so i like that you highlighted them as the dark horse they had one hiccup in the road but they've been surprising all the way through so far and i hope that momentum carries through with them and i think they're going to go from strength to strength solid opening round from wags let's hand it over the big guy scott ferrara
2: Yeah, baby, we're still cooking. So I'm going to start off with the Western Conference, and Wags kind of took a point for me. If I was going to go top three right now, I'd go AG, Seattle, and I'd actually put Houston in that top three, even though they're currently sitting in fourth uh, with two points less than San Diego Legion. I think Houston played their best game this past week against Dallas, even though they almost lost that match. And then secondly, about the, the Western Conference, you know, so I got AG, Seattle, Houston, San Diego in third, uh, excuse me, San Diego in fourth. And then in fifth, I'd actually put Dallas above LA and Utah, man. They had two great matches. Listen, that first week blowout against the AGs kind of expected. You know, first match a, as a as a team in the MLR, you're playing the AGs at home. AGs, you know, have, have now kind of secured their front office. They're not as kind of wild as they were last season. Okay. Then you have a, a, uh, a, what was it a eight point loss to San Diego at which point in the first half of that match, they were winning um, came back with a sloppy second half and then a really tight last second loss to Houston. I mean, for an own three team with only two points on the board, I think they're doing better power ranking wise than LA and Utah. So real quick after that, obviously we'll talk about the Eastern conference, the Eastern conference, I think lays out exactly how it lays out ATL, New England, Rooney, Toronto, Those are your top four. We understand, Um, you know, I do think, uh, you know, ATL is one try away from a try away and maybe a penalty away from being that three and oh, perfect season uh, remaining there. But, you know, I think you're just going to see teams like Atlanta New York and uh, New England kind of just duke it out all season for the one, two, three spot. Not sure if the one, two, three now is going to be the same at the end of the season, but I still think they're all going to be in the playoffs. So right now I think it's about right, but, that might change.
0: Well, I certainly personally hope for all the rugby fans that there is a lot of shake-up in between, right? And that's what makes the rugby exciting. And it kind of has become a hallmark uh, of, of where the MLR is, is that if you look at the progress that San Diego and, and Seattle have made from the off-season to now, or sorry, from last season to now, I mean, last season, it wasn't even look like they resembled anything of the past success that they've had. But now, they kind of look like they're finding a little bit of rhythm that they once had before. Now, it's early in the season. Do they have the legs to be able to carry them through the full length of the season and also into the postseason? If that's the way it goes, I obviously don't know. But what I do like to be able to see is Seattle already performing very well. And San Diego, although came very close to a loss, managed to pull it through. And that was the criticism that last year they didn't have, is that when it came down to the wire, they just didn't have that little bit extra in the tank. And whereas in contrary, I love that you brought up Utah, you know, Utah was one of those ones that was, you know, looking so good last season. We spoke about in previous episodes that they just got to start stronger this season and stop playing that catch-up game. They managed to do it on many occasions last season, making for some exciting rugby, but this season, it's not converting into those points when they need it most. And they're three in, uh, or sorry, three losses uh, uh, right now. So I think of, of all of that, They're the most disappointing for me so far. Um, So I like your, your analysis there, Scott, though, a lot of uh, uh, good, good, good merits there. Uh, You're interested in, in in teams that I think have a long way still to go, um, but it, but they're good start. I did want to be able to add a little bit of context for all those fans who maybe not, not necessarily know offhand where the top teams are ranked right now and who they may be in the conference after week three. So If you are listening, in the East, rugby ATL at the number one spot with a total of 11 points, followed closely by New England Free Jacks with nine points, although it's worth mentioning they still have a game in hand, um, so they could surpass ATL um, very shortly. Then we have Rooney uh, or Rugby New York uh, in third. Uh, with a game in hand, also with nine points. So that's all shaping out to be pretty close. In the West, Austin with 15 points, Seattle in second with 13 points, and San Diego with 12. Close on the heels, as Scott had pointed out, is, of course, Houston, um, who definitely has plenty of potential uh, left to go. Let's hand it over to Rob the Hammer, Hammerschmidt.
1: Thanks, Ty. Uh, I I just want to talk about the East first and foremost. It's a little bit more difficult because uh, you mentioned two of the three teams in the top of the standings have a game in hand. Uh, In other words, they've only played two. So it's real hard to tell at this juncture, you know, how are these teams going to materialize as they get into weeks three and weeks four? Um, But I'm going to put ATL, of course, at the top, uh, even though they lost the game, a very nearly decided game Rooney. In large part um, because of their A at the top, but also because of their tri differential and their, their ability to play uh, defense, they're a plus five in the tri differential. Uh, and interestingly enough, New England had put second because they're also a plus five on the tri differential as compared to Rooney, who is a plus two. Um, so it just gives a little idea of, idea of the defense versus offense and the number of points they're able to put on the board. Um, Things to watch out for in a month's time. New England will play ATL on the 26th of March. So watch that game. It'll be interesting to see those two top teams go at it. But what team will be on top because we'll be another four weeks in. That remains to be seen. Pay attention, though, uh, Rooney and or Rugby New York plays, AT, uh, sorry, New England on the 6th of March. That's just in two weeks, so pay attention to that one. And um, they also play the A.G.'s this upcoming weekend, so it'll be interesting to see one of the top teams. And he's played top, one of the top teams in the West. Moving on to the West, um, I'm, I'm going to go with Austin right off the bat. A plus 16 in the tri-differential. I, understandably so, week one, 55 points on the board, obviously did well for them. But nevertheless, they've got the offense to match their defense from last year. Seattle at 3-0, I think it's number two, 13 points in the table of plus two, uh, sorry, plus one tri differential. I'd put San Diego in third spot with a plus six try differential. I think they're going to really start to uh, show through here as we go into the next couple of weeks. And again, pay attention to the West. Um, three games to watch out for, uh, but one of the most significant ones, the A.G.s versus L.A., which Gilly team will come out on top. That's uh, March
3: 5th. The yeah. hole.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Continue. Jump in there. Wags.
3: Yeah. I think uh, that's going to be a great one. I, I do feel like, you know, uh, I think Scott definitely touched on it. Uh, S- Seattle is probably my honorable mention for my three, because I mean, w- what a time to be a Seattle Seahawks fan, right? They take right. the first two MLR championships. Then they come out after the COVID year last year and had a, had a poor season. And now they're charged at, out to a three. Right. And the is certainly A-O-O's
0: working A-O-O. again.
3: Man, exactly. No kidding. And I mean, you look at uh, the additions they've made on the field. Martin Yosefo and the guy that I am just the biggest fan of right now, and uh, Tavita LoPetti. I mean, yeah, those I, guys are just carving it up. So yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them at the end of the season as one of the one of the last teams we're talking about, either.
1: And and I just, on, hold on, hold on. Thing, before, before, by the way,
2: hold on. Before anything, Rob, you get a yellow card. I'm um, sorry rugby, <laughs> rugby New
1: York Hey was as a New coach York. have you ever seen a player rugby give, a yellow, <laughs> a, player give, give a yellow card have you ever seen a player give a yellow card I mean New York isn't playing the legitimately when an official actually is told by a player on the field hey Give that guy a yellow card. Usually goes, right. hey, sod off and march well, back 10 You're going to get a yellow right.
2: card, mate. Get it so, right.
1: So, Please. We're going
0: we're we're to offer is, the TMO we're on Dallas. Bring it to the TMO. To this okay, so, <laughs> so <laughs> in,
2: the, in the edit, go back to where you said Rudy's playing the AGs this week. They're actually playing Dallas. So I just want to get that right. Um, and that's the thing is the, the top four teams in the Western Conference are all playing each other. Um, so uh, this right. upcoming week. So, I just yeah, want to give you, I give said you the death. a death. No, let's no, 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 no. I'll tell you. Hold on, Ty. I'll tell you what you said. You said New England plays Rooney on the sixth, which is Rudy's home opener. Yes. But you said this week Rudy plays the A.G.'s. They don't. They play Dallas, just to let you. No, I said New England plays the A.G.'s. They don't. They play L.A. On the so. sixth.
0: And in our the second round, they play Rooney on the 6th. Rob, stop time
2: time. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody gets the of match official here. I don't know. I don't so, remember. Let get confused. this guy the damn schedule. But I think I think one of the biggest thing is you know Rob was talking about the um, try differential between right uh, New York versus New England and ATL. But look at who ATL and New England played. You know, Rooney played. Houston, who was number one in the conference at the time. I know it was only one match, but, you know, they handily beat the Guiltinis, the reigning defending champs, right? And then um, Rudy goes and plays a hot ATL team who had just, you know, is 2-0. and So I'm just, you know, beat New Orleans, what, 14-9, and then handily beat DOGs, I think, in the first week. So, you know, I got to be honest, the two teams that have the better differential are the two teams who played the last place team. In the conference. So I, yeah, I don't, I, I at sure. this point. You I mean, look
0: at the AGs getting scoring 57 12 against uh, OGDC in week two, uh, which also brought in their record high scoring, uh, record highest score. Uh, for any AG side so far as a franchise. So certainly, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a factor. And early on, we saw this last season with LA pulling away so clearly with 100. and I think at one point, they had a 242-point <laughs> differential. It was madness, yeah. right? And we thought no one would catch them. So uh, points differential, to me, is not as important right now. As as perhaps it is about maybe the tries that have been the number of tries that have been scored because that that will tell you that a team is clinical and they take the opportunities well, when they're given. That's up. what I was talking about. No, was I, the I know, and, but not, not the yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: that's that's right. And I said try differential, but my point was both oh. of those teams also played the OGs who have the worst defense in the league right now. That that was my point. Rooney mm-hmm. played Houston with a tight defense. They played LA, um, excuse me, ATL with a tight defense. So that's what I'm saying. I think right now when you look at the schedule and who was played, that tri-differential is a little misleading.
0: So here's my question to each of you, and I'll go once around the table here. Judging from last season's performances and the end of season standing, who has made the greatest changes that initially has already shown uh, 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 to be prosperous choices? And who do you think, from those, those teams, who will be the greatest surprise? Who has made the best changes for this season?
3: Let's start with WAG's. I mean, if you th- I think if you look at last season, um, uh, especially in the case of Seattle, in the case of the A.G.'s and where, uh, you know, Seattle didn't just didn't get the job done on the field and the A.G.'s couldn't score points. And now Seattle is off to a 3-0 start and the A.G.'s are scoring points left and right. These guys can't score enough points. So yeah. it's, it's 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 like the, those, those two teams to me have really turned it around majorly.
0: Well, I feel like, I mean, it's it's almost underselling the value of AGs when people say that, you know, uh, AGs have really turned it around because they still ended up pretty high in their conference. I think they came third um, and they had a points differential of plus 42 or maybe even higher, 72, I think it was um from last season it's just that they've got a lot of criticism because by far they had better defense than they did offense and if they had made those changes that they did this season they would have done well but i 100 agree with seattle definitely love that choice um you know, let's hand it over to to uh scott and then rob you'll be the one to close this out
2: i i i think it's going to be a controversial pick here but i think an owen three team has had the best rise since last season it has to be dallas Dallas went from not being in the league two weeks <laughs> right before the season to starting. You know what, I'm going to give you a point just for that creativity there, and Jeez. and but but two very close losses, like they're on the precipice of beating San Diego and right. Houston, who are three and four in their division right now and fighting, who are going to fight for a playoff spot. So I think where they were two weeks ago uh, last year and the two weeks prior to the season, where they said you know no Moss, we're not even gonna right. kill the team. So yes, are they three and zero? Oh, but they had two very tight games, and they seem to be getting better and better and closer, and closer to a win.
0: Yeah, you know, I definitely agree. And let's be honest, though, still they managed to pull away with two points, whereas OGDC mm-hmm. has zero, zip, nada. Uh, and they've had a full season to be able to, uh, to 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 get things well, season and a half. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that there's merit in what you're saying. You know, uh, yes, they got a long way to go, and Dallas is still doing it without a head coach, as far as I know. If I'm if if, if I'm still correct, I mean they obviously had changes, and problems with 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 immigration visas, like a lot of teams did. Yeah, so I like that. And you know, also something to be able to note about that, Scott, that I like that you brought it up. You you mentioned them in comparison to to San Diego because of the recent result. If that result went the other way and Dallas had actually won that match. We wouldn't even be talking about San Diego potentially as a team on the rise because they would just be they, they would have that lost record, right? Then we Absolutely. would be talking about and praising them, probably not, All right? So that game could have changed a, 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 a two to two things there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas, where they stand, and, and of course where they st- uh, uh, you know, the potential for the season, and then of course uh, San Diego. Let's hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt. Uh, I,
1: I, again, I like to echo, I like Seattle, but I think the biggest one to go with new England. I mean, new England was not really a player in the playoffs last year. They weren't in the conversation, but they're coming out mm-hmm. of the gates pretty strong. Now, again, they have a game in hand. So we got to keep that in mind with a plus five try differential though. They're showing that they've added some, str- some strength and power to their right. offense and they've buttoned up their defense a bit. So I, I like where they're at, um, uh, to be fair. Um, and don't forget, you know what the AGs. One of the things again, and inside the scrum, they talked about the lack of offense, and they picked up Julian uh, Vidmer uh, from Nola. Came from Nola, and uh, he was a try scorer this past weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So he's really helped them. Uh, bolster their offense along with Mooney Ham on the other wing. And they've added a couple other pieces to that puzzle. So um, it's, it's that one's not a shock to me that they added offense to what they already, they're already strong right. defense.
0: Right. Well, Rob, I'm going to take the opportunity to pop past this ball straight back to you and ask you who's got the wooden spoon this season so far. Well,
1: um, I mean, I got to say right now, Nola, I mean, um, you know, I'm a fan, but oh, and three, Um, they, you know, had the, had the game one, uh but couldn't stop with the penalties. I mean they committed twice as many penalties as um as Toronto did in the last uh, this last weekend and each right. and and at poor, at kind of poor a poor poor points in the field too. too. I mean We're it's one thing to commit a yeah. yeah it's one thing to commit a you know a penalty yeah. in in you know in um your offensive part of the field but when you're committing them um you know when when you're protecting your tri zone uh, that's where yeah. the, the Sam Malcolm is gonna punish you.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and then, and, and like I, I, a moment ago, I, you know, I said that's kind of a legacy from last season too, that just hasn't really kind of been corrected and, and and was both sides. It was in that red zone on on both ends of the field for them that they just had high discipline issues um, and, and inconsistencies on in the field that just left points on the board. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm happy that you could identify that. Even though you're, you know, the super Nola fan, uh, you certainly can analyze it like any other and be objective. But I
2: but it, it. I don't. I think he's wrong though because again they've had close matches. They just been, haven't been able to convert to that win. Whereas unfortunately, OGs are getting. I mean, annihilated in their matches, and right? it's it's so weird to see that the OGs. It it all stems from their defense. They're they're in large chunks of their defensive line that are missing. So I don't know if it's a call on the field. If somebody's, if somebody, I don't know if it's leadership on the field, not making the right calls. I don't know if it's them not understanding the way their defense. They have lost a couple of key players
0: in those, in those, in those decision-making uh, spots. But like you say, I mean, it's not an excuse. This is professional yeah. rugby. You need to be able to find Correct. a way to be able to move forward.
2: And I mean, and they're scoring, they're putting points up. I mean, I think they put up, you know, 24, the last two matches, but their defense is letting up 50. So, I mean, you know, yeah. you, can, you can say all you want about, you know, their offense not being dynamic, but they're putting up points. If they can just stop the the leaking sieve, that's their defense. You know, I think they'll be more competitive.
0: So for you, I mean, it's O-G-D-C, O-G-D-C. O-G-D-C. What you <laughs>
2: currently? And let, hey, let's be honest. Two or three things go their way and they change something around and all of a sudden they're top of the table. I mean, it's only week three. Yeah, absolutely. And all of what
0: we say could be absolute rubbish by the end of the season, right? But that's absolutely. what we kind of do here is we speculate, we rant, uh, we might be wrong, we might be right, seldom are we right, but it's fun in between. Uh, so let's hand it over to, uh, to Wags. What is your thought? Who's the wooden spoon? Who's the one that's been least impressive to you so far?
3: Well, first of all, it, it is wild to me that we have four 0-3 teams right now. And I think we seem to all be on the same page that the two zero and 0-3 teams in the West are better than their record were, would let on to be. You know, we, we mentioned that Dallas is a couple of close plays away from maybe being 2-1, and, and Utah's had some good performances as well. Um, I think Scott makes a really good point that's hard for me to argue with, but I think I'm going with Nola as well. And for me, it's, a, it's sort of a, a lack of meeting expectations so far. And that, and it hurts me to say that. I got a lot of friends down there. I mean, and I, and I like watching that team play. Yeah, Not more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. Uh, but you look at the, you know, the changes that they underwent with the coaching staff. And then, um, you know, especially uh, the thing that comes to my mind is, they had, they had such a great chance in their week two game against Atlanta. And in the last 15, 20 minutes in the game, they couldn't get the line out right and excellent opportunities to score um, and even had a chance at the end of the game and couldn't put it away. So for me, it's like, you know, if I'm in that locker room, it's, it's, it's tough because I know we're right there and I know we're so close, but they can't get it done. But and- with that being said, I mean, the differential that's going on right now between, between the, the attacking prowess and the defensive issues in our nation's capital uh, I think those those two teams. It's it's hard for me to pick. I, I see I see good points to, to both of them.
1: And and keep in mind, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the lineout wags because last year, what was one of the best lineout teams in the in the in the league, and it was it was Nola. And it's something that in critical times, i talked about this um, in the Gold Digger um, blog that I put out there. At, at critical times, it it failed them when they could add opportunities in the attacking zone in the green zone to put points in the board, it failed them. And, and um, they let the uh, they let their opposition out of jail in, in several games.
0: Right. Right. And if you want to be a championship team, it's all of those opportunities that make the difference, no matter how small it may be, or how often they may be, uh, you just got to convert it is, is whenever you have it, you know, that's what that's what separates a team, how clinical they may be in the opportunities that account the most. And there you have it, As a rugby fan, you have heard it from what uh, we believe uh, will be the top three from each conference, who we also think is the least impressive. That was something we just threw in there, but I think it's relevant for people to know uh, and what some of the changes may have been from previous season until now, what was good, what was not good. We'll get to uh, to find out as the season continues forward. And we on the Rugby Rant will continue to watch it and share with you what we think about it week after week. And you can continue to follow us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod on all social media platforms for the daily take on what we may be, or should I say the weekly take, in addition to watching us on the Rugby Network every Friday where a new episode will be. And for those of you that are not yet familiar... You can also get your additional content through patreon.com forward slash rugby rant pod. In fact, why don't you learn more about it as we take a break?
2: And welcome back, Rugby Rant fans. It's one of your favorite parts of the show and parts of the week, to be quite honest. It's the run, pass, or kick interview. Uh, I'm the big guy, Scott Farrar. That's Rob the Hammer, Hammerschmidt. And today we have a guy who uh, scored his uh, debut try here on uh, in the MLR in Jason Emery. Now, Jason from New Zealand, uh, New Zealand Under-20s Junior World Cup in South Africa and France. Uh, Highlanders, Sunwolves, Maori ABs, uh, Sanix Blues, and obviously Rugby New York. Uh, center winger, all, all all around back row, uh, back line rather. Jason Emery, welcome to the show.
4: Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Cheers, uh, it's totally. good to have you.
2: Yeah, thanks for thanks for taking your time. It's Monday after a big win, so uh, I'm excited. I was I put it this way: if you guys didn't follow me on Facebook. I need like a cardiologist, a primary care doctor. My wife's like, you have to, you have to go get. I have to go and and, and go to physio after I watch the matches. It was back and forth. It was crazy. Yeah. It, it's it had everything from Connor Buckley doing a pass through his legs to, to you know, uh, I mean, ATL kicking and throwing what I thought was a forward pass. I ain't gonna lie, like a basketball chest pass. Yeah that ended up uh, uh, being a, a try, but it was like back and forth and this and that. And it was very exciting. Um, yep. Oh man, I'm just hyped up. I'm
1: hyped up for this interview, hammer. Yeah. My DM was blowing up in the middle of the afternoon.
2: <laughs> I'm sitting in
1: the middle of, uh, of, uh, a big arena in Champaign-Urbana watching state wrestling championships and coaching some kids. My phone's blown up and Scott's about to lose his shit. So,
2: <laughs> well, my wife, you know, I gotta be honest, <laughs> went away with my wife for the weekend she obviously she she's let me watch watch the rugby, but like <laughs> she doesn't want me to talk about the rugby. Jason,
1: he got the hall pass is what he got.
4: <laughs>
2: so she was like
1: talking to somebody else it about it the rugby. It, no. <laughs> no it I don't
4: know how <laughs>
1: For those of you folks who are just joining us, in the run-passer kick interview style, to unique style, where our uh, interviewee gets an opportunity to pick the questions that he wants to answer, we give uh, we'll give Jason three options. Uh, Jason can indicate what he's going to do: is he going to run with it, which means he's going to answer a question straight away? Is he going to go ahead and pass it, meaning it's a question, it's a little hot topic, he doesn't want to get himself in trouble with the Rooney Brass or the Rugby New York Brass? Excuse me, had a little misstep there. Or he can go ahead and have a little fun with us. He can kick it to us, put us on the back foot, and we have to answer in a way that we think he would answer. And uh, he can direct that kick to either Scott or myself, or if he uh, just wants to throw it out there, uh, whoever asked the question has to field the question. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Gives him an opportunity to have a bit of fun with us, so all the pressure isn't on Jason Emery. Jason, are you ready for the run, passer kick interview?
4: Yeah, I'm a bit nervous, but I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be nervous, man. I'm going to throw you a
1: softball here. I think this will be an easy one for you. Uh, Doing a bit of uh, research on Jason Emery just to become familiar uh, as I was uh, preparing for the show. And uh, I found out uh, that you're the father of three beautiful girls, uh, precious little ladies. And uh, you have Girl Dad listed in your Instagram bio. Okay. So run, past or kick. What is your favorite thing about being a girl dad?
4: I'll run with that. Yeah, no, it, it is awesome. Um, I'll just start first with, I've got um, four brothers. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my older brother has two girls. Obviously, I have three girls, and the brother below me has a girl. So we've um, obviously, my mom tried to get girls, but we've all got them. <laughs> so, she's, so she's laughing. But yeah, it was, you know, I'll be honest. You know, I wanted a boy, but obviously having being around boys you know my whole kind of childhood and growing up it's actually kind of nice having girls and they're just a lot um as they grow up they're a lot more sensitive so you gotta i've kind of got to learn you know how to talk to you know how to get across to my six year old i can't kind of yeah but <laughs> if i was a six year old boy it would be different if you get where i'm coming from so um yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's just something i'm learning and yeah i'm just you know it's awesome to have girls and um let alone <clears throat> three of them so it's it's a, it's a lot easier to come home from you know win loss or draw and you get a cuddle that they, they don't really know what's happening at the moment so they just know dad goes away for a couple nights and comes back um if we play away so yeah it's awesome you know i, I love being a um, girl dad and like you said on my bio I, i'm not sure to put it out there too so <laughs> i run with that
2: it's yeah. funny when when jay was coming over here uh he posted a picture and my boy was in flip flops and shorts on the plane, yeah. and right before it, he's like, you know, I, he has a picture. It's him, and he's trying to wrangle all the girls at the airport, and they're getting food. In this, and I just, I hit him up, and I'm like, uh, just so you know, it's supposed to snow about eight inches when you land. <laughs> and he told me, he goes, I landed, and they picked me up, and I walked out and I went, oh shit.
4: <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was definitely uh, yeah, we were just coming from summer, and um rick goes to me he just looks at me and starts laughing and all i had was a—I had a hoodie like i had a hoodie in my bag and i'll just chuck that on and yeah he was laughing at us there's about five of us that turned up from new zealand at the same time all wearing the same thing so
2: <laughs>
4: andy ellis yeah. didn't
1: tip you guys off or help you out in any way i mean oh yeah they told him. us
4: but you know what we're just like oh we've come from summer we'll be all right but little <laughs> bit we <know> is,
2: yeah. <laughs> i mean it was a solid like eight inches up yeah by it me. was and, freezing and i was yeah, and it was freezing. That was the thing. It was frozen ice, like it was an ice storm. And I was going, "Is he really? She really wearing flip flops <laughs> right now?" But then Chance, same thing. He's 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 uh, skateboarding down the street in the snow in, in flip flops. So I mean, you know, I guess it's it's a front row thing that that uh, guys uh, are in flip flops. Yeah.
4: I'll just and I'll, this is this is the coldest I've ever been in my life. I live <laughs> <laughs> in Dunedin for like five years, which is meant to be cold in New Zealand, but that's got nothing yeah. on, nothing on New York.
2: Yeah, no, it's been it's been a cold, rough uh, January and February. But uh, I got the next question. So, um, yeah. run pass or kick? Having played in Japan with the Sunwolves and the Sanex Blues, how long will it uh, will it take for Japan to see a permanent fixture in Tier One?
4: I'll run with this because um yeah. Obviously have a few opinions about it um yeah I think well like, first of all Japan losing the Summers and the Super rugby is that's a big loss because mm-hmm. um, they obviously go from playing club rugby straight to test matches, which that's a you know that's a huge jump um, but with Jamie Joseph Tony Brown, and I think John Mitchell's just joined them from <clears throat> if, if I'm correct, so they've got the coaches there it's it's just whether they can you know kind of get those club players up the test level faster and with jamie joseph there i can they should be definitely in the in the tier one maybe like a rugby championship or playing against all black spring and um you know argentina and and all that but in the sense of like the fans um yeah it's it pretty popular in um, japan yeah uh, i remember when i was there it was like, the fans are there before we even got there, which... Really? Um Yeah, it's, like, I'd say they're probably one of the best fans. Um, That's they awesome. Around and they give you, like, gifts, and, yeah, they just love... They actually support the game. Like, they just love it that mm-hmm. much. And So, from that side of it, it'll, it'll be, you know, huge. But, yeah, I just see at the moment, seeing they got rid of the Summers, it's going to be hard mm-hmm. to find that transition from... Because their club level is good, but there's only four or five teams that are yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. So, if they... Yeah, if they can, if they had the summer still, definitely, but it's going to be a lot harder I guess to find that, that a high level, yeah, I where I'm coming from yeah, because mm-hmm. that's a yeah, big well,
2: jump. Mm. Well, I, think, I think they're almost on the track of the MLR uh, in my opinion, where you're getting guys coming from New Zealand that are kind of maybe you know, they played Super Rugby a couple of years and they're, yeah. going, over, they're <clears> going over to those club teams and it's just going to bring the competition up in my opinion, because it's going to make, you know, like we like to say on the show, iron sharpens iron, right? And same thing with yeah. the MLR, as you have guys like and if coming in that's just going to make guys like you better right and guys like yeah. you know the the younger backs better a guy like Connor mm-hmm. Buckley a guy like John Powers better working with you guys who've who've done it in the international stage have done it in professional rugby for a while um so I could see the similarity maybe it'll take longer than was expected since the last yeah, World yeah. Cup you know yeah. because of that Sun Wolf transition but I mean I think they're on the right track
4: yeah yeah
1: 100% and and talking about uh your experiences and and new zealand and kiwis going overseas to play and mix it up in different leagues and we're seeing guys like damian mckenzie go over into japan this uh during the off season it's good to see all that um but let's talk a little bit about kiwi rugby you made 35 appearances for the highlanders and i'm i'm a huge follower of uh southern hemisphere rugby uh although i'm a hurricanes fan but nevertheless um I follow it quite a bit, and and a lot of my mates, Kiwi mates, follow it as well. Yeah. Run pass or kick. Who did you enjoy playing with the most when oh, you played man. at that Super League level with uh, the
4: Highlanders? Man, I'll, I'll run with it. Uh, this is a tough one because um, I just yeah, I, like my first year we had eight or nine All Blacks, and they're yeah. from like mm-hmm. my Nanu Jose Gear and. Um, oh man. I mean, this this
2: reminds me of last week when we interviewed Carlos Spencer. I think we asked him a similar question. He was yeah. like, "I don't even know if I." And he rattled off a couple of names where he's like, "He probably wouldn't know him," but they were. I felt I played the best when they were on the field. It was very interesting.
4: Yes, yeah, so, yeah. Like my favorite is probably Aaron Smith, just because he's from Smith, you know from mono yeah. or two and um, just how like I've seen him over the last kind of what how long has he been now? Ten years. Yeah. There's someone like my height. Obviously we played different positions, but um, <laughs> um but he's kinda like changed the game, I reckon, a little bit. Just as mm-hmm. in terms of the speed of the game and, and all that. And to see him now, I don't know how old he is, but he must be getting a bit old, late thirties, maybe mid thirties. But he's still playing <laughs> at that level, which Yeah Um, you know, can only inspire like kids the same, you know, same age. And I remember growing up it was all about how tall you were, how heavy you were. With him, the way he plays and his sharp passing—he's smaller than, than you know, the average halfback. Just gives like kids the same, the same hope. So, and um, I got to know him really well too, Aaron. And obviously, he went through a bit of, bit of stuff uh, through the early years. <laughs> but nah, to, to see him—I played with him last year, and he's just yeah. Within five years, he's just changed and good family man. And um, yeah, it's have to be him. I'd say. Nice. You got
1: a, You had played with another Smith that was pretty darn good there too, right? Yeah, yeah, Ben Smith. Yeah, Ben yeah. Smith. Yeah, we we call him the Oracle. So, <laughs> um,
4: yeah,
2: Uh it's it's crazy to play with guys at that level, and you're you're on, you know, like you're on the squad with guys. You know, I speak to uh um, some of the younger MLR players, and I'm like, you know, how is having Chris Robshaw like, you know, when you guys are running Broncos together, and these guys are like, it's friggin' it's crazy, you know, like it's, it's insane. You watched him in the premiership, you watch Nanu, you know, in, in super rugby and on the all blacks, you know, for as long as he was. And man, now the, you, you know, the young guys here are getting to play with him. And I think it goes back to um, the way the Eagles, when the Eagles played the all blacks this year and, you know, uh, I, our buddy, Nate Breakley got some shit in the international community about the way he reacted to the Haka. And the, the, <laughs> the, the number one thing to get out of that, is every AB's fan came to his defense and said, "Well, how are you supposed to react to the haka if you're not smiling and getting hyped for it? Then what was the point, you know?" Yeah. Um, no, so yeah. it's it's very interesting. Oh, but
4: can I just add something about the who have, all the players in that? i played Sure. With? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think like at the time, you know, it was you know, kind of like because I was 19 in the environment and I was watching these guys on TV last you know, the year before, and I think it's not too like I look back now and I kind of pinch myself and. They're just like yeah. normal people, you know, like they, but eat the same food as us and you know, <laughs> they laugh like us, you know, I think it gets put on such a high, you know, that these guys do yeah. something with superpowers, but they're just, you know, like one of us and um, Actually. it was just good to just pick, you know, each of them had a quality and I just picked you know, bits of it and I was just a big sponge, I was pretty lucky to have them, you know, that early, even though the year we had wasn't very successful, but um, you know, you can still take stuff out of that as well. So, absolutely, are
1: you sure yeah. Nugget doesn't jump with both feet into his britches when he when he gets dressed? I mean, you know, most of us put one leg in at a time, but he probably <laughs> puts both of them in at you know, at the same time, doesn't he? He's because he's got them superpowers,
4: man. He's got some energy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he's awesome. a bit better now, he's a bit better now, but yeah, he, he used he to be bouncing pain.
2: off the walls. So I know, yeah, I knew yeah, a did. couple guys like that. I could never, I was never like that. I was always like a yeah. calm guy but then there'd be guys where like their ADHD kicks in like right before a match and they're asking me all sorts of questions I'm like just calm down bro yeah.
4: calm down. No, you, you got to have those people in the team though oh yeah you know, oh definitely weird, yeah it sets a pace it sets a good pace the weird ones we call them
2: <laughs> <laughs> well let me let me get back to the next question um you know you talk about your experience in rugby and and you know obviously it's brought you to many parts of the world, you know, playing with the Maori ABs and and going to Japan, and now you're here in the states. Run pass or kick out of New Zealand, Japan, and the U.S. Uh, which of these countries has been the most interesting experience for you? Oh man, I mean, New Zealand's kind of a tough one because you grew up there and you lived yeah. there. But I think, but but again, like, is it is it one of those like Backstreet Boys moments where people are like, oh shit? You know, like you play you play in Super Rugby and and you know you're on you're on the B's, Do they do they go come after you in the in the supermarket or anything back home?
4: Uh, I'll run with it. Yeah, oh, I wasn't as big, so like I was when when we go to like with you know All Blacks out, he, they kind of get hassled in that, but you know us low like, key fellas just, we're probably asking for the signature as well. Now I <laughs> I'll have to say, um, oh like I haven't spent much, you know. I've only been here about a month now, but the stuff we have done is, is really interesting. But in Japan, it's um just a whole lot. Yeah. Like, I couldn't say any better, I mean, good enough things about Japan. It's, mm. As a family, it, it's good. Um, the only tough thing was the language barrier we had. Oh, sure. Yes. And um, that, that was a challenge in itself. But the Japanese are lovely. If you like, try and speak a little bit. Um, mm. They love that about it too. So that made us feel more comfortable trying to talk. So I'd say Japan is interesting because we did quite a lot of traveling before COVID hit. Yeah. Um, you know, jump on a plane and go to Tokyo. Um, we went to Osaka, which they had um, universal and, mm-hmm. and all that as well. So yeah, it's just the one thing about Japanese that they, they don't mind lining up, Like they just love.
2: Yeah. They just queue right lining. up, right?
4: <laughs> yeah. like We'll be like walking, they'll be lining up and it'll be like a. Costco would be like a new food just came out. We're like, What Why are they lining up for that? So, <laughs> we, if you've had enough cues on the show, you probably know we don't really like lining up in one patient. So, <laughs> <laughs> we're, not used to, we're not used to big lines because it's so small in New Zealand. So, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, Japan's,
4: yeah Japan's, yeah, yeah. that's so, awesome. You know, you know it's been interesting. But if you ask me in a year's time, i would probably say New York if we, I mean, America, yeah. if we get to travel around and do some stuff here.
2: Yeah. No. And, yeah. and you, you know, eventually you, know, you will, I think, you know, yep. and, and things, things are starting to open up here. It was funny. I interviewed Nick Savetta right after the, the world cup. And I was like, how is it being like a six foot eight dude in, in a country that has, you know, I mean, they're of less Man, stature. I, I, was,
4: I was told and I'm like, oh, yeah. Damn, I'm yeah. <laughs> and then he
2: said it was actually tough in the hotel room to get a shower because the shower head did not.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah, It was like on his
2: chest. And he goes, it was tough. And then trying to get it around and stuff. And I thought, Honestly, I thought that was the funny, one of the funnier yeah. things to come out of it. And that, that was his experience. He's like, man, it was actually tough to shower. But he said the same thing. He said if you, if you tried to speak a little bit of the language in Japan, they got so excited that yeah. you were trying to, to, to be part of their culture that they were just like anything to help you to get to, to what you need to, to do. He, he's, it's, it's just funny. Parallel experiences. And he was only there for three weeks or two weeks of the World Cup. Oh, so yeah. I just found that interesting.
4: Yeah, it's funny because we learned like a sentence that meant like we only speak a little bit of, or like understand a little bit of Japanese. And once I heard that, man, bang, they were just full Japanese. I'm like, oh I, 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 said, I, know, I, I said I
3: know a
4: little slow bit. Down, not, like, slow, slow down, bro. Slow down. Yeah. They <laughs> just get so excited that you spoke Japanese because they know you're foreigner. So
2: yeah, that,
4: that we found that funny, actually. That's that's great. I love that.
1: Well, ho- hopefully you'll adapt to the New York New York uh, style of English <laughs> here fairly shortly. I, if, if yeah, but honestly.
2: He probably if, has one of the best, better ways to figure it out because Butch mother f- practice all the time. So it's just like walking the streets in New York. It's just like what if you're practicing with the butcher, it's just like walking the streets in <laughs> New York. Just curses everywhere. It's great.
4: Yeah, he does. man. It's, yeah.
2: Well, if you need some
1: help, if you need an interpreter, I'm sure the big guy will step in oh, anytime yeah. you need. Forget about it. Forget about right. it. Forget about it. Um, all right. So, hey, let's talk a little bit about your first New York experience here in a, well, not your first experience in a, in a rugby New York, New York uh, jersey, but one of your best ones. Um, you scored your first MLR try this past weekend against rugby ATL. Um, run past your kick? All good or a weight off your shoulders? I'm
4: going to change it up and I'm going to. Let one of you guys answer this one. So
2: oh, I, I got it. I think it's a weight off your shoulders because we kind of talked about it before. Yeah. And you were like, I haven't scored in a little bit. And uh, I mentioned that to Eddie. And uh, Eddie did that <laughs> little skip pass when he didn't need to. And, and I got the ball. So I think it's one of those things, though, where like, I don't think it's on the forefront of your mind, right? You're going in. You're going to say, I'm going to do this on defense. I'm going to do this when, when, the, when the ball's on offense. Um, you know. And, but in the back of your mind, you're going, man, I haven't dotted one down in a long time. Now, for me, it's an extremely long time because you know, club, <laughs> row, club rugby doesn't get the ball that much. But for you, as a guy who you know has a successful career, you know playing in big matches, playing in in top leagues, you know I think it does nag at not just you, but I think it would nag at anybody saying you know mm-hmm. I haven't scored in a little while. But you know, with a little help from your friends, you, you dotted one down in the MLR. And it was exciting; It was a very exciting play. And I don't think you know Eddie did a bunch of the work by running, but. You were there in support. You know what I mean? You were there doing your job, what you needed to do. And the defense collapsed. He got the ball out to you. And I think it was an automatic seven. So, I mean, the, so yep. there's a, here's so here's the the next question. Um, did Sam Windsor yell at you because he didn't get the kick for points? <laughs>
4: you know, <on> MLR scoring <laughs> yeah, leader? Um, no, nah, because I've, I've watched, like, obviously a few games from last year. And then when I scored on the post, I went to give the ball to him. And he, and he said, nah. It's an automatic seven. So I just kept running with the ball. And I was like, what do I do with this? Oh, I'll just throw it back halfway. <laughs> but um, oh, I actually, after the game, um, one of the boys said, Oh, could you score like next to the post so you can have a rest? <laughs> 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 and I was like, Mate, I haven't been over the trial for two years. I'm not going to. You're going to jot it down any, any way you can. Yeah, so that's why I put it down with two hands because I wanted to make sure go. it was a try. Oh,
1: absolutely. So, so, so are you going to buy a, Ed know, a beer there the next time you're at the Pig and Whistle? Uh, I gave him one last week, so <laughs> oh. he,
4: had, he had a bit more work to do for that one. Day, so. yeah. uh, no, but it was, yeah, it was very pretty. Something.
2: And I'll put it this I way: I was, pretty. I was screaming, I was screaming, Uh I was very happy. Uh, Andrew Coe also getting his first MLR try. Uh, with a nice interception and run back. I was very happy. Uh, two great guys. Yeah. Uh, Rooney scored. You know, obviously, Eddie uh, scoring again uh, three, three tries, but it's great to see Jay and Andrew score. Um, so before uh, we get on to the next part of the show, we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors.